Welcome to Victory Christian Center's audio podcast. We hope this message encourages you, and we look forward to connecting with you on social media or FCCFMD.com. From your headset, and I'm not exactly sure what's causing it. And I said, well, what would it be from? He said, well, you got earrings, and they're banging back and forth on the microphone. I'm used to it, so thankful there. All right, well, I'm going to send uh, our kids downstairs for Power Kids this morning, and uh, we're just excited for what it is that God's doing in His house, and I'm excited that we get to be a part of it, too. We get to be a part of what it is that God's doing. And so this morning, we're going to turn to Acts chapter 9. We're going to be looking at verses 1 through 5. I'm going to be reading it from the New Living Translation, but you can follow along with whatever version that you prefer. And in the New Living Translation, Acts chapter 9, beginning with verse 1, it reads this way. It says, Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath. Not really the kind of person you want to be around, is it? Uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest. He requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus, asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way. And so the way was referring to Christians in that day and age, anyone who was following Jesus. He found that he would find there in the city. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. Can you imagine? As he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one who persecuted me. Jesus, we thank you today that we can come before you and know that we are accepted, know that we are loved, know that we are complete because of what you have done for us. And so, Lord, we thank you today for the power of your word that has the power to cancel out all other words that have been spoken. We thank you, Lord, today for the power of your word that penetrates our hearts. And so, Lord, I pray that it would pierce our hearts and our minds today, and that we would leave this place transformed and renewed in the name of Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. You ever been so shaken? Oops, I went a little too far there. You ever been so shaken by something in your life that it just completely changes the way that you do life? Something that rattles you so much to the core that everything in your life radically changes? This morning we're going to take a closer look at one of those experiences, and we're reading about it here in Acts chapter 9. Saul is headed to Damascus. And we know a little bit about Saul before we get to Acts chapter 9. We're introduced to him in Acts chapter 7. Stephen is being stoned for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
And we're told that there's a young man there whose name is Saul. And the people who are coming to throw stones are laying their coats down at his feet. And so Saul is there as a witness. If you go over to Acts chapter 8, you find Saul again in the beginning of that chapter. And we're told that he was not only one of the witnesses, but he completely agreed with this man being stoned to death. That's the character of this man who has this encounter with Jesus. Dr. Luke, the author of the book of Acts, he tells us that there was this great wave of persecution that was sweeping through the church. We know that Paul, or Saul at the time, was part of this persecution because he was going from house to house, knocking on doors, and finding people who had committed their lives to follow Jesus. And he was dragging them from their homes to take them to jail. In our text this morning, we read that he was uttering threats with every breath. There was not one good thing that was coming out of his mouth. Kind of reminds me of what we talked about in our Bible study on Thursday night. We were talking about Noah and how Noah stood in the gap for the people in, in the world in his generation. But scripture tells us in the book of Genesis that the heart of God was so grieved at his creation because every intent of the heart of men was only evil continually. Continually. And this is kind of the depiction that we get of Saul, isn't it? Everything out of his mouth was a threat to those that he came in contact with. And so this vile man, he requests letters from the high priest to go to the city of Damascus so that he has a little bit of backing, so that he has a little bit of backup and cooperation in arresting every follower of Jesus that he can, dragging them from their homes in chains back to the city of Jerusalem. So not only did he want to arrest them, that, that wasn't enough. He had to put them in chains and drag them back to the city that he was coming from. This is the heart of this man. And so we read in Acts chapter 9, verse 3, that as he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him, and he falls to the ground, and he hears an audible voice crying out to him. This isn't just something he thinks he hears. This is such a bright light. The voice is so clear to him, he falls down on the ground. He's not quite sure what's going on, but he hears this voice. And it is the voice of Jesus. And Jesus clearly identifies himself and says, I'm the one. Yeah. I'm the one that you're persecuting, Saul. Can you imagine what Saul must have been thinking in that moment? Here he is on this mission to take away captive anybody who's following Jesus. And who but Jesus himself stops Paul right in his tracks and says, you're not going there. You're not going on this mission. I've got something else in store for you. And so Jesus stops him in his tracks. And so Paul, Saul at the time, has made it his life's mission to persecute those who were following Jesus. And now the one who is the leader of these followers is speaking to him directly. If Saul had any doubt in his mind that Jesus really was who he said he was, all of those doubts in an instant disappear. Because now he's had a personal encounter. We call this a Damascus Road experience. 
And each and every one of us should be able to look back at our life and say, that was my Damascus road. That was where I fell on my face because Jesus spoke so clearly to my heart and I realized I had to turn around. I realized I had to change my ways. I had to change my mission. We should all be able to look back at our life and recount that moment. And if you can't, we're going to give you an opportunity this morning to make today the day of your salvation. But here's Saul. He's on this road to Damascus. He's got a mission, and he's pursuing it. He's got the letters. He's ready to go. And I, I would imagine that he was pretty bold on his journey. And he sees this incredibly bright light. Now, I went out about 10 o'clock on Friday night. I was looking for some replacement bulbs for our floodlights here on the platform. You'll notice a few of them are missing. We needed some replacement bulbs. Well, if you go to the store to find bulbs... You're going to find every array of variety and shade and color and wattage and lumens. And so I picked up the bright LED because I thought that was perfect. Well, long story short, I made three trips to three different stores and I still didn't get the right bulbs. And so at the last store that I went to, I saw a package that said ultra bright LED, exceptionally bright white light. And I thought, this is it. This is the bright light that we need. But as bright as those lights were, they could not have compared to the light that Saul encountered on that road to Damascus. Jesus is speaking directly to him, and he tells him to get up and go into the city. And once you get there, you're going to know what to do. Once you get there, you're going to know exactly what to do. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie The Santa Claus with Tim Allen or not. It's, it's a Christmas kind of comedy uh, movie. It's a little difficult to see the picture here. But what happens is Tim Allen's in his home with his son, uh, reading the night before Christmas, and the little boy hears something, and he jumps up, it's Santa Claus, it's Santa Claus. And so Tim Allen runs out of the house in his boxer shorts and his galoshes and sees what's happening, and here's Santa lying in the snow, and he begins melting away. But he pulls out this little business card, and the business card says, put on my suit, and the reindeer will know what to do. So I kind of like to imagine that Saul's face at this point in time when Jesus said, just go to the city and you'll know what to do once you get there, was probably a little bit like Tim Allen's in the movie. Yeah. What do you mean? They're going to know what to do. What do you mean I'm going to know what to do when I get to the city? I already know what I'm going to do. I've got the letters to prove it. What do you mean you're going to tell me what to do when I get there? I already know what's going to happen. Saul had a plan, but it wasn't God's plan. Right. And God stopped him in his tracks. We take a look at verse 7 of Acts chapter 9. Scripture says, The men with Saul stood speechless, for they heard the sound of someone's voice, but saw no one. Saul picked himself up off the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he was blind. So his companions led him by the hand to Damascus, and he remained there blind for three days and did not eat or drink. Saul reaches his destination. But it wasn't in the way that he had planned. He gets there to fulfill a mission, but it's not the mission that he started out on. And so he gets to this place, and I can imagine that the men who were with Saul were probably thinking, Saul, we've heard a lot of stories about you. We've heard a lot of things, but this tops them all. I, I can't imagine what happened been going through their minds in this moment. They're thinking, they're hearing things. They don't see anybody talking. Paul can't, Saul can't see because now he's blind. They can see, but they don't know who's talking. Yeah. 
And so they're thinking, man, something's going on here. We're going to take him to the city. We're out of here. We don't know what happened to the guys after they took him to the city of Damascus. But we know that Saul gets to Damascus, and for three days, he does not eat or drink. But there's something that Jesus speaks to Saul while he's there on the road. He has to pick himself up. He's got to get up off of the road so that he can do what it is that God has told him to do. You know, there are times in our own lives that we have to pick ourselves up, don't we? Because there's not always somebody there that's going to do it for us. There's not always somebody there that's going to lend us a hand and say, hey, brother, let me help you. Let me help you up. I see you're down. Let me encourage you. No, there are times that we got to pick ourselves up. We've got to stay grounded in the word of God so when those moments come and we're down and out on the road, yeah. it's only an encounter with Jesus that's going to get us up off yeah. the ground. We've got to pick ourselves up. And there are times in our life when the voice of God will speak to us and say, you've got to get up. You've got to get up. You've got to stop lying around and feeling defeated. You have to stop complaining about your health. You have to stop fearing what tomorrow will bring. You have to get up. You have to get up. Because the reality is is that God's saying, there's something that I want you to do, but you can't do it if you stay down here on the ground. You've got to get up. You've got to pick yourself up out of the pit. It's time to get up. And I feel in my spirit this morning that God's saying to some of you, you've been, you've been down too long. You've got to get up. You've got to get up. You've got to stop worrying. Stop wavering. Stop allowing the enemy to cloud your mind and get up because there are greater things ahead. But you've got to get up so that you can see it. And so Saul is here and he's his mission, everything that he's known is thrown out the window and he's down on the road. And Jesus says, Saul, oh, you got to get up. Yeah. you got to get up. I've got a mission for you, but you got to get up. You've got to get up. This was no ordinary encounter. Saul picks himself up and then all of a sudden he realizes, I can't see. I don't know what's going on. How am I supposed to get to Damascus? I don't know where I'm going. I, I can't see anything. But Jesus knew that Saul would be on the road to Damascus that day, and he sent companions to accompany him so that they could carry him and take him to the city. Jesus already knew where Saul was going to be. He knew he was going to be blinded. He knew he was going to need some help to get there. Sometimes Jesus sends us people to help us get where he wants us to go. We're not always going to be able to see how to get there. But he's already made yes, it for us. Right. And so his companions accompany him. And Saul knew one thing in this moment. He met Jesus. And his life was forever changed. I was driving the other day and the chorus came to my mind. It says, when I think about the Lord, how he saved me, how he raised me, how he filled me with the Holy Ghost, how he's healed me to the uttermost. When I think about the Lord, how he picked me up, he turned me around, and placed my feet on solid ground. Yeah. It makes me want to shout. Yes. I don't know in that moment that Saul felt like shouting. He lost his sight, lost his direction, lost his mission. But he would look back at that moment as his Damascus road encounter. And know that that's when he received his sight. I was blind, but now Amen. I see. Yeah. His life was forever 
transformed. And so Saul is escorted to the city of Damascus. He remains there for three days. He can't see. He hasn't eaten. He hasn't had anything to drink. Now, if you are anything like me, if you go three days without anything to drink, you get a little angry, you get cranky, you get grumpy, you know, it's just something that happens. Well, this is where Saul was. And so there are times where the Lord will say, you need to do a complete fast for such and such. And I'm saying, really, Lord, do you understand what's going to happen if I do this? You know, and then you get to the third day, and it's not so bad after you get through the, the initial start. But what was happening with Saul is that he wasn't eating, he wasn't drinking, but something happened in the supernatural. And when you and I take time in our lives to deprive ourselves of the physical, when we take time to deprive ourselves of the things that our flesh desires, something happens in the supernatural realm. God's voice becomes just a little more clear to us. We begin to see things. We begin to understand a little bit more what he's saying and what he's speaking to. Us. And so while Saul can't see, he hasn't eaten, he's had nothing to drink, he has a vision. He has a vision. And in this vision, the Lord shows him something that he is that is going to change his life. He has this incredible experience. Scripture tells us in verse 10 of Acts chapter 9 that there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision calling Ananias. And he said, yes, Lord. Isn't that the way we should respond when Jesus calls you? Yes, Lord, what is it? What is it that you want? The Lord said, go over to Straight Street, to the house of Judas. And when you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He's praying to me right now. Now think about that for a minute. This man who was on his way to this very city, city with letters in his pocket to pull all of the followers of the way out of their homes and take them back to Jerusalem and change, is now praying to the very one he sought out to destroy. He is praying to me right now, and I have shown him a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so that he can see again. This is the vision that God gives to Saul. During those three days where he can't see, he's not eating, he's not drinking. The Lord gives him this vision that is so clear. And Ananias had to be thinking, Lord, what did you just say to me? I know who this man is. Do you? What are you asking me to do? He's got letters to take me back to Jerusalem in chains. Are you sure this is what you want me to do? I think this is why the Lord reveals to Ananias, I've already told him that you're on your way, so you better get going. You better get up and get down there to Straight Street because he's expecting you. What would have happened if Ananias would not have been obedient to the Lord? Saul would have had this vision of this man by name who was to come pray for him and see him healed if he would not have obeyed the prompting of the Spirit. We may not have two-thirds of the New Testament. Simple act of obedience does amazing things. And that's what it was that the Lord was inquiring of Ananias. Ananias responds as you and I probably would. But Lord, right? But God, why? I've heard many people talk about the terrible things that this man has done to believers in Jerusalem, and he's authorized by the leading priest to arrest. 
else, but yet we feel the need to remind him yeah. of all of the things that are surrounding what it is he's asked us to do. And so the Lord responds to Ananias, and he says, go, because Saul is my chosen instrument. Mm. Can you imagine? You're what? <laughs> You're chosen? He's yours? Are you serious? My chosen instrument to do what? To take my message to the Gentiles and to kings as well as to the people of Israel. He's mine. I know what I'm doing, Ananias. Just go. Just pick yourself up. Just go do what I've told you to do. I'm going to take care of the rest. And by the way, I'm going to let Saul know how much he's going to have to suffer for doing what it is that I'm called to do. Think about that for a minute. I'm going to let him know, Ananias is kind of getting bored. You know, I'm walking into a death trap. I don't know this guy. I don't know what's going to happen. We don't have any record after this of Ananias saying no more. No. He was faithful. He went. I share with our, our Bible study group on Thursday night that this week the Lord had just impressed on my heart saying, do you trust me? Don't you trust me? And I share with our group, I felt like Peter. You know, when Jesus comes to Peter, he says, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord. Peter, do you Lord, you know that I love you. And I felt like that in that moment. Lord, I've given you my life. I'm following you. I'm doing what you asked me to do. Yes, I trust you. But it was like a knife in my gut. Don't you trust me? Oh, you of little faith. Don't you trust me? If you look up the word trust in the Greek as it's used in the book of Matthew, and you compile those definitions together, you could read the definition like this. You could read it as the word trust means to wait in hope. To wait in hope. You know, we don't like the process of waiting, do we? But when we wait with hope, when we wait with anticipation, when we wait with expectation, something in our heart changes. Do you trust me? And I think that Ananias was struggling with the same thing. He's saying, Ananias, I don't care what you've heard about Saul. I don't care what you think you know about this man. I've chosen him as my instrument, and I'm going to use him to reach people for my name and for my glory. And he's going to suffer along the way, but he's the man of the hour, and you got to go lay hands on him. you got to go pray for him. I love the verse that follows in verse 17 of Acts chapter 9. Scripture says, So Ananias went and found Saul. He laid his hands on him, and he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes. He regained his sight, got up, and was baptized. And afterward, he ate some food, and he regained his strength. Can you imagine Saul's spirit when he hears Ananias' voice coming in and saying, I'm the one that Jesus talked to you about? And I'm here to pray for you. In that moment, Saul had to think, I haven't lost my mind. Everything I thought I saw, everything I thought I heard, it's true. Because the vision has come to fruition. The vision has come to pass. In that moment, 
it was realized. I was watching yesterday, I got this little update, this little reminder on Facebook from four years ago, a sermon that I was preaching when we cast our vision and mission statement for Victory Christian Center. And I was standing here and I pulled up, I said, Mom, you gotta listen to this. I was standing right here at the altar and I started praying and I said, Lord, we thank you for every person who's gonna sit in each one of these chairs. Now we didn't have chairs four years ago, friends, but the Lord planted a vision. Yes. Right. God gives us vision. Amen. Do we trust him? Do we trust him? Yes. The Lord gave Saul a vision. He had to trust that Ananias was going to show up and that he was going to pray for him and that when he did pray, he was going to be healed. Amen. This is where Saul is in this moment. But what I love about Ananias, he, he not only obeyed, he was not only faithful to do what it was that God called him to do, but knowing what he knew about Saul, the persecutor of Christians, when he gets into the room, notice how he addresses Saul. My brother, my brother, I've come to pray for you. He didn't know what was going to happen. And I didn't know if he was going to lose his life. But he walks into the room full of confidence, full of the, the boldness of the spirit. And he says, my brother, I've come to lay hands on you so that you can receive your sights and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And instantly the scales fell from his eyes. He regained his sight. He was baptized. He ate. And scripture tells us that immediately he began preaching. Immediately. This man who was going around torturing Christians is now preaching about the ones that he was persecuting. Only the love and grace of God could do such a thing. And scripture tells us that everyone was astounded. Everyone could not believe that the same man who was putting them behind bars, the same man who was collecting coats at Stephen's stoning is now preaching of God's grace and his forgiveness. Scripture tells us that his preaching became more powerful and people could not refute his proofs that Jesus was the Messiah. This is the Holy Spirit working in and through Saul's life. Saul had a Damascus road experience. Do you have one? Do you have one? Because if so, that moment that you came to Jesus and repented of your sins, in an instant, those chains fell from your heart. Amen. You were set free. The sin that so easily set you back was erased from your life. It was forgiven, separated as far as the east is from the west to be remembered no more. It was paid for on Calvary's cross so that you could walk in the newness of life and have the promise of life everlasting. Amen. That is what a Damascus Road experience looks like. Instantly, your life is made whole. Instantly, you become a new creation in Christ. The old has passed away. And if instantly, those things in your life were gone, what was your immediate response? Saul's was to get baptized and start preaching. Immediately after the scales fell from his eyes. What is it that you're doing today as a result of that instant change that Jesus made in your life? And maybe today you're here, maybe you're, you're listening to us and you've never made that decision. Maybe you've never had that Damascus Road encounter. 
But today you want to you wanna fall on your face, kind of like Saul on that road to Damascus and say, Lord, I need your grace, and I need your forgiveness, and I need your love in my life. Maybe you're wandering around aimlessly and not knowing which way to go, but you say, Lord, I need some direction. I, I need a new mission, and I can assure you today that if you trust Jesus with your life, he will never ever lead you astray. Amen. He will never fail you. You can trust him because he's the greatest friend. He's the closest companion. Scripture tells us that he's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. We all need one of those, don't we? He's a father to the fatherless. He will never fail you. And I assure you, you can trust him today. Trust him to hold your life in the palm of his hands, and I promise you that in an instant, he can change everything. It is one decision that you will never regret. Saul received a new identity. He was hereafter referred to as Paul. Paul the Apostle. And he received a new mission. God wants to do the same thing for you today. Maybe your destination isn't Damascus. But he wants to give you a new identity. He wants to give you a new mission. He wants to get you on the right track. And so I'm going to ask you to stand with me this morning, with every head bowed and every eye closed. Maybe you're here. Maybe you're you're tuning in today. And you said, "Yeah, I feel kind of like Saul because I." I've made fun of Christians. Never thought it was anything serious. But today I, I want to encounter Jesus. I want my eyes to be opened to his grace and his forgiveness. And so this morning I want to surrender my heart. And say, Lord, I know. I know that I've made mistakes. I know that I've sinned against you. But Lord, this morning I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to take control of my life. I surrender it to you. Because I believe that you went to Calvary in my place. I believe that you died for me. And then three days later, you rose again so that I could have eternal life. So, Lord, would you come into my life today? Friends, it's one decision that you will never regret. I had a pastor who used to say, you're only one heartbeat from a devil's hell. Would you make a choice today to follow Jesus? Because scripture says that today is the day of salvation. You're not guaranteed to. But maybe you're here and maybe you're listening and you've been walking down that same road for a long time. But things have been kind of mundane. They, they haven't, nothing's really changed. You haven't really heard a fresh word from the Lord. You're just kind of moving along. And this morning, you just want to slip up your hand and say, Lord, I need new vision. 
new mission. God, I need a fresh word. I need you to speak to my heart in a new way today. Maybe you need God to renew your strength this morning. Maybe you need him to touch your body. Whatever it is, maybe you need him to touch your finances today. Just lift your hands and say, Lord, I need you today. Let the scales fall off of my eyes so that I can see you clearly. Open my ears so that I can hear what it is that you want me to hear. God, give me the direction that you want me to go in today. I want to hear your voice. Father, I thank you this morning for every hand that was raised, for every heart surrendered to you, Lord. God, would you give us fresh oil today? Would you give us fresh vision, Lord, we want to hear your voice. We want to follow you wherever it is that you would lead us. And so, Lord, today, we surrender our wills. We surrender, Lord, our, our own desires, our own missions of what we want to accomplish. We put it into your hands. We trust you today, Lord, to do for us what you did for Saul. To give us the Damascus Road experience so that we would be forever changed for all of eternity. And that lives of those that we come encounter with would be transformed because of the power of your love and of your grace. So God, we ask today that you use us. Lord, use us as your mouthpiece. Use us as your hands and your feet. We're here to serve you. We're here to do what it is that you've asked of us. And so, Father, would you find us faithful today? Lord, we thank you for what it is that you've done. We ask this in Jesus' name. That's what we'll say. Amen. 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 Amen.
Victor Christian Center's audio podcast. We look forward to connecting with you on our social media or at FCCFMD.com.